Welcome to the Ideas on Stage podcast, your regular insight into leadership communication. Welcome. Today we have Isaac Getz. Um, and Isaac, you're, you're many things. You're an author, you're a speaker, um, you're a thinker, you're a changer of corporations. And I'm wondering, what are you working on these days? Um, I'd say that I worked uh, uh, on a five-year research on something that me and my co-author, Lauren Marbaché, uh, called The Altruistic Corporations. Hmm. And the book came out uh, several months ago. And what I'm doing now, basically, is uh, trying to uh, make this uh, business philosophy known to as many business audiences as possible uh, through different writings, in media, through speaking, mm. and basically diffusing this message to as many people in the corporate world as possible. Okay, so what, what, what is an altruistic corporation? We have the concept of mm -hmm. altruism. Right. And how does that work for the difference between an individual and a corporation? Yeah, it's different. It's an oxymoron. Corporations are not supposed to be altruistic, right? They're supposed to care about themselves. Um, so what we found that there are companies that put themselves in the service of the what we call others. It means they, the customers, the suppliers, the local communities. Mm -hmm. And um, they do it through their core business processes, and they do it unconditionally. And what's amazing is that we found that it's also the secret of their uh, business success because mm. uh, the consequence of uh, putting themselves in the unconditional service of their counterparts was uh, a lasting economic success. Okay, so are, are, are we speaking about a structural change? Is this in in the bylaws of a corporation? I mean, how do we go about setting up an mm -hmm. altruistic corporation? It's an interesting thing because the, when, when we talk about these issues, many people say, uh, is it a B Corp? Is it a benefit corporation? Is it what in France it's called entreprise à mission? Mm. Um, and in fact, uh, it is related, but it is not. Okay. Uh, this um, things like benefit corporation or uh, in France, uh, entreprise à mission, mm. they are basically legal definitions. Right. Um, it's nice, uh, we can discuss about it, uh, but the work still has to be done. It's not because uh, you change, it, change the bylaws, the corporate bylaws, is that the way your company is run mm. changed. Um, B Corp is a little bit, I would say, more advanced in that sense because B Corp is a certification. So it means that you are certified by already running a company in a certain way. Um, that said, there are issues with certifications too. Everyone knows that you can be ISO 9001 certified and still be a company that is not uh, caring about too much about customers, for example. Uh, so. Uh, we basically studied uh, uh, the transformations because it's not about a certain model or specific way of running the business, but how you transform a traditional corporation which is turned inwards, mm. its own profits or its uh, own shareholders, uh, towards the others unconditionally and through their business processes 
And this is a major, major, major transformation. I, I, I could imagine there's a great deal of resistance. You know, mm. when you go into to a typical boardroom, you're working with CEOs. Mm -hmm. um, where, where is the, the, the locus of change? Where is the shift happening? Is it wow. from the employees? Is it coming from the outside consumers? Or is it starting at the top? Um, or none of well, I, uh, there are several questions in your question. So uh, if we talk about the resistance from the um, executive boards, uh, there is none. Uh, why? Uh, because the only persons to whom uh, the CEO uh, could potentially resist is his board of directors, mm -hmm. because those are the people who are above him. Uh, the board of directors are still not, uh, in their majority, uh, pressing mm -hmm. uh, companies to transform in that sense, although everyone probably heard about Larry Fink and, and BlackRock. Uh, and indeed, if they start to pressure, yeah. Uh, uh, CEOs, uh, uh, there will be resistance because it's inevitable. Uh, the moment you start to press the rubber, the rubber mm. resists, and more you press, and more it resists. And we talk about it in our book of how to create a dialogue between um, between uh, stockholders and boards and uh, the CEO. Uh, However, and, and there is no resistance basically because the transformations are launched by the CEOs. Okay. So they, they don't resist themselves, right? right. They right. understand something in the changing world. They probably want to connect, we found out uh, uh, something that they live inside, their values, their beliefs with what's going on in, in corporations and then they want to change, uh, transform these corporations in, in, in accordance. Um, there is obviously a certain, uh, um, I would say, um, I don't know how call it, dragging the feet if you want, yeah. uh, from the people who are used to the ordinary way to do business, yeah, right? Sure. Because you're talking to transform business processes. Right. And so people are used to business processes. They are. So they basically, the client, <clears throat> What do you mean to serve the client unconditionally? The client, you are with the client to have a return on him. Mm. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. so you are saying, no, 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 you unconditional. Yeah. It means that, you know, you serve your client and do your maximum, your best to the client, even if you don't make money and even if you lose money. And that's very hard to understand. If you say to a salesman, you go a little bit farther and you were not here to sell. Right but we're here to take care of the people and we're not going to sell the stuff that he doesn't need, even if he can make money on it. Uh, again, if you have a business process where a salesman makes money on the commission, right? Commissions, mm -hmm. right? So there are a lot of, of changes, but the key obviously to successful transformation, and I'll stop here because we can talk for hours yeah. about that, is that people don't resist the change or the transformation, but they resist being transformed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And not me who told it, it's Peter Zenge. But uh, the principle is how you involve your uh, employees uh, to uh, be the actors and not the subjects right. of this transformation. Right, right. So, so you're, putting, you're putting people first. 
And, right. and is it fair to say that, that, that as a consequence mm-hmm. of, of this sort yeah. of action, you, yeah. you have your, your profit? It's like, like mm. the, uh, the notion of happiness. Happiness is a, is a consequence. Exactly. Uh, only, the only thing is that it's not me who put people first, right? This is, right. That would be a theory. It's the company that has to do that. Okay. And most of the companies are not doing that, right? Human beings in most of the companies are human resources, are not human beings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what do you do with human resources, right? You yeah. use them, yeah, you exploit yeah, them, yeah, and, yeah. and they are the numbers, and, and so you manage them. Um, now, in some companies, even they say, no, 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 we invest in people, right? There is this 181 CEOs, members of, uh, you know, the world largest or American largest CEOs from Amazon to, to Walmart who um, said we need to invest in people. So that makes people not really human resources, but yeah. makes human ha- capital. So again, you seek a return on yeah. people, right? Yeah. So the people are not first, right? They are always kind of subordinated to some uh, financial considerations or some uh, uh, financial uh, indicators. Uh, if you really in the company want to put the company in the unconditional service of the people, you need to to take care of their fundamental psychological needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what you do. And you are absolutely right. If you do that unconditionally and do it the right way, the pe- people will, instead of coming to work because they must, they will come to work because they want to. Mm-hmm. And once at work, they will be willing to do their best to realize company's vision. And that's where, as a consequence exactly as you said you will see the financial performance the economic results so so it seems to me we need to change our 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 systems of measurement because if Mm -hmm. we're going in with certain set of expectations Mm -hmm. um this process may take a a longer horizon than than traditional measurement is important there are a lot of talk about measurement you know what it's there's a saying in english you think what can be measured can be done or something like that right this is the way um yeah it's it's some sometimes uh, people have the impression that in these companies you know like like a hippie colony you know you go (laughs) back to to 60s or 70s you know and everyone like smokes and inhales and all kind of things and you know, there, there's, there are very, very well organized companies, companies, but they are not organized by some others, right. but self-organized. Okay. And that means that not measured by others, but are self-measured. The teams measure themselves. Mm. And so they do have indicators and they know how well they're doing and they know what do they need to improve. But it's them who decided. They're not controlled mm-hmm. by some people who are more intelligent than them mm-hmm. and then will tell them what they must do. Okay, so, so it's, it's more of a, a human level approach. It mm-hmm. seems to me that, that, that you're taking out um, the centralization. So, so if you're, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it almost sounds like a classic DAO. It's, it's like a decentralized, autonomous um, right. organization where right. the individual is measuring themselves. Yeah, you, you're right. This, this thinking about decentralization, it goes back to the first business book ever written, right? The concept of a corporation by Peter Drucker mm. and who studied the, the key uh, during the Second World War, right? Being yeah. as a sociologist, right? He studied General Motors trying to understand what was the key of their success and he basically one of the main, main points was that uh, General Motors was decent- decentralized, right? In, in different uh, brands and right. different uh, 
um, parts of the company and each one would run you know Chevrolet and Buick mm. and would run in their own way and then he said that if that works so well so that you put decisions closer right to the ground we need then to push it down to the level of the operators mm. and the result of that was that he was kicked out of General Motors and no one wanted to see him ever there including the trade unions mm. no one liked that idea but in fact this is a pure common sense right uh, that the decision has to be pushed down to the level where the people are competent enough to make it mm. while in the traditional corporation all decisions goes up and up and up and then end up ultimately uh, quite often at the executive meetings right and while they're taking these decisions the client is not waiting he's mm. gone already right 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 um you do a lot of work with corporations mm -hmm. i'm wondering um if you're sensing any sort of generational shifts mm. I, I, have, I have to precise, I'm not a consultant, I right. study corporations and I do a lot of pro bono conversations with executives and CEOs on these issues, right? So okay. they rather see me as sort of business philosopher, right? Okay. And they, they, they talk to me about the challenges and the issues that they, that they encounter. Uh, the generational issue is an important one and it relates to uh, rising expectations right okay. in uh, in the current world and these expectations come from employees and among the employees you have these millennials that beginning this year represent uh, roughly half of all uh, employees and in 10 years it will be 75 wow. percent and uh, these people have expectations towards corporations which are rather different of their of the older generations and one of the main that i'm interested in and that is very relevant to to my work to to our work is that they expect uh, corporations uh, to not to be uh, not to think only about their own financial returns but also think about the society um, in general and the number of those who think like that or have this expectation is 87 percent so it's a very very big uh, part of uh, uh, of um, millennials who mm. represent half of the employees mm. and the companies obviously want to hire them and most importantly to retain them yeah 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 mm. you know it, it strikes me too that if we're if we're in this model um, we hear a lot of, uh, I mean, personal development, personal growth is, is always always a topic. It seems to me that this would be um, a very good environment for mm -hmm. for to, for the cultivation of, mm -hmm. of, of development. Are, are you seeing mm -hmm. that in, in the, the employees? The, the the key aspect of this this previous research that they did on the liberated companies, right? And that was really about people, right? And the altruistic corporations is more about the customers, suppliers, and local communities, oh, right? Okay. And the the but the the people aspect, and I researched it uh, in my previous re re research program of five years in in several dozen corporations, is that if you want people to be engaged if you mm -hmm. want them to come to work because they want right not because they right. must uh, you need to satisfy their fundamental psychological needs one of them is growth okay right is self-realization the yeah. other two is I call it intrinsic equality being treated okay. as a, as intrinsically equal to others and and self-direction 
So it's absolutely true. If you want to have engaged people, you have to take care of that because it's like uh, uh, the, the model, the psychological model is, is multiplication, right? Mm. It's one of them is zero. The yeah. people are not engaged. It's zero engagement. Uh, so to give you just one example in this company, if you want to someone to grow, right, to self-develop, you probably want to know where his potential is, right? Mm. So he can realize his potential. So the, the question is usually asked, uh, these people, some companies, even when they're hired immediately, right, through basically where do you want to work? You're an engineer, right? Yeah, we yeah. have so many go around, you know, and then and find you're like in Gore, they say the sweet spot. In some other companies, they would be asking, okay, you're doing this job. Uh, what would be uh, a field that you would, would like to learn stuff in, right? Okay. Maybe you're an engineer, but yeah, yeah. maybe you're interested in social else. networks. Right. Maybe you're interested in data mining or whatever. Mm. And obviously, if you say I want to learn how to play Hawaiian guitar, right? It's maybe a little bit awkward, but you won't tell that, you won't ask for that because you're a responsible person, right? But you will ask for some things that have relevance generally to, mm. to mm. the business economy and that you think that you have some potential, right? To, in doing that. Uh, and you didn't have simply chance to, to learn that because, you know, you, you have chosen at the age of 18 or you know, 20 some field and you specialized in that. And, yeah, yeah. and now, so that's how you grow, right? Because you ask people, mm -hmm. the third question may be very simple is, you know, if you would start again, okay, you worked here five years, what right. would you like to do in our company, right? right. It doesn't mean that, okay, tomorrow yeah. you quit this, this team, go somewhere else, you know, and basically you, right. can, you can get lost. Now, obviously, you won't do that because intrinsic equality, you have respect to your mm. colleagues, but gradually you phase out from your commitments there and you start to take commitments in the areas where you want to grow. So this is just maybe three things, right, right that you're doing in these companies. There are yeah. dozens of things that can do and that most of the companies are not doing yeah. because people are stuck in their rectangles, you know, in the yeah. org chart, they're yeah. in their box. And you know you're an accountant, and so you you look at the spreadsheet till your retirement, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the beginning of this, um, you you talked about um, going out and proselytizing or being an advocate for for change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What sort of um, uh, difficulties do you face in terms of communication and, and getting this message out? Okay, uh, people sometimes uh, you know call me. You have to evangelize, and sometimes in France I'm called call the Pope of liberated companies and they say that the, you know, being called Isaac, I can't be Pope and can't evangelize. Uh, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, in fact, do diffuse, you know, to, yeah, to yeah, make known yeah. as, uh, as much as possible this philosophy that I truly believe in. And most importantly, all the CEOs, yeah. all the companies, the employees there, the leaders there, they truly believe that it works and they live it and uh, and that i have so many testimonials people say it's it's literally changed my life and okay. not only my life my family's life yeah. because these principles are the simple principle of a natural human interaction while most of the companies the way they organize they're not natural to human beings mm. human beings are not organized spontaneously at home by the hierarchies and have the our kitchen policy, right? You don't have a kitchen policy. You just have a certain education and you say to your kid, if you, you know, 
finished your your dinner and you want to go and play you know you you just take your plate and you put in dishwasher right uh, and there is no kitchen policy and there is no the head of the kitchen and no whatever right, right, maybe, right, right. maybe some some husbands will disagree with that but, <laughs> but anyway but but generally right but but yeah, in yeah. in some way when you have 10 people in company they start to yeah. say I'm, I'm the boss you know we'll have this organization and they start to to sweat over the org chart yeah 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 is, is there is there a good number is there a good number to 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 begin it's a good number to stop to stop <laughs> yeah it's a good i mean for for many companies uh the and this um, I'm telling you both from research and from the experience because yeah. research is clear there's a, a sociological okay. and anthropological research on that that the boundary is about 150 people let's say maybe 200 people yeah. and in companies too and the reason is very simple is that at that point you can't remember anymore the first names of, of, yeah. of people yeah, yeah. that are and once you don't have the first name then you become formal then you start to write emails right. with two people you know on the cc and uh, and you say mr that you know i have and so at that point in in the companies that really care about having the human yeah. interaction and between authentic relationship between people who work they will break up okay the organization let's say to make it simple it's sometimes called amoeba right there's yeah, a little yeah, animal yeah, yeah. and so they kind of divide and yeah. it appears like to to financial people it appears like the high crime right it's like you can be impeached for that basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like how you have two accountants you have like have two purchasing persons you let's like you double you know all these functions yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's like a total waste but yeah. in fact they don't see that you by keeping this organization's human yeah right yeah yeah uh, to certain limit everything is so smooth that you have a little problem you go and to see joe or james or whatever exactly. said you know exactly. uh, the client called me you know we promised to deliver him by monday but now he needs it by friday can we do something and you say okay let me talk to my team i come back in half an hour i'll give you the answers okay yeah, yeah. yeah. i come back okay we can we can try to do that maybe half on monday and maybe the, the other half on, on tuesday morning can you call the client boom 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 yeah in 10 minutes it's done yeah so so you can you most get, companies it can't be done yeah so you're getting you're getting the organization to to um to change into an organism so yeah so, so yeah. you have yeah, it's, a living it's true. it's true it's it's organic it's not yeah. me mechanic or mechanistic and as you probably you are to the point uh, that most organizations grew since the industrial revolution okay. revolution right believing yeah, yeah. that the marvel of the world is a mechanism right yeah, exactly. and so exactly. engineers basically taylor was engineer right, right? right they started to do these mechanisms with different parts that interact in yeah. a very rigid mechanical way right? Right, right but but it's not not natural to human beings what is natural to human beings is to evolve in organic yeah. right uh, like in the nature right in yeah, the world absolutely. right and and so these interactions are organic and they're changing and they're evolving depending it's also very important on the world mm -hmm. that evolves around us because the mechanistic organization you can it can be a swiss watch and they don't have anything about swiss watch i, I have one uh, not very expensive <laughs> but it's it's working very well uh, but the problem is that if you try to build it, you know, it's totally isolated thing. I right. mean, it, right, right, it can right. be waterproof, right. you know, airtight. So whatever happens in the nature, we don't care. But organizations are not isolated exactly. from the outside world. Exactly. On the opposite, yeah. 
they are built to serve the outside world. They are built to interact with the clients. They are built to interact with suppliers. They are built to interact with local communities. And the problem is that this world is moving mm -hmm. and organizations are turned towards themselves exactly. and towards the machinery inside, yeah, right? Yeah, how yeah. many layers we'll have, what kind of new procedure we'll, we'll put, uh, how do we go through these silos to matrix to, I don't know, whatever. And they spend years yeah, yeah. in that. And, yeah. and the clients that are knocking the door and say, hi, you know, guys, when are you going to finish your, your meeting, you know, because you <laughs> shut your telephones off. You know? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it, it, it dawns on me that you're talking about something that's, that's very... Um, complicated in the Swiss watch sense, mm -hmm. where, whereas the world is more complex, and right, so you right. have you have the interactions of complexity. Right. So it's it's a system. I, I hope that you realize how nuanced you are, and it's, it's a little bit sophisticated, right? What you're saying, right? I mean, I, I'm 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 with you, right? Uh, for most people, it's almost synonymous, like complicated and complex, right? Well, maybe maybe you want to say a little something, but you are you are to yeah. the point, right? right. Uh, and obviously, most of the companies do it complicated, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the complex, it's also simple. It's not oversimplified. Right. But it's but it's simple. But it doesn't mean that it's easy. Exactly. Okay. So yes, it's it's uh, this is very complex. The transformation is very complex. It's not complicated, right? right? It's very right, complex. Right. Right. There are a lot of issues. Uh, one to begin with, that's rather a complex issue is the ego of the CEO, for example. There you okay. Go. Yeah. And so if you need to make a transformation, we talked about people before, right? So if you right. may want to transform an organization where you uh, put organization in the service of employees, mm. right? And you treat them as intrinsically equal. It means you trust their intelligence exactly. to make it simpler. Yeah. And now you have an extremely inflated ego uh, because you think you're so smart and so intelligent that you know everything, it won't work. Right. So it's not easy, right? right. It's complex right. and there are a lot of dimensions and, and, and unfortunately, and just one because since we're talking about unfortunately it makes me laugh. Uh, yesterday I also gave an interview. I said, oh, this company yeah. Liberty and Salsa, what, what did they do? I know the guys can tell their uh, vacations and they, they don't have any time clock. And, then they, and now they have, I think, only two hierarchical levels. So they believe that that's it. Mm. You know? So they really don't understand the complexity right? of the issue. Right. And the CEO uh, talks all around the place, it's all the interviews and all the cameras, so probably his <clears throat> ego <clears throat> is still big enough to f to fill the whole screen of the camera, right? right? And he's often there. So there's something that is not working there, obviously. And, yeah. and then some companies, they, they believe that you just can, you know, twist little things here and there on the surface yeah. and the organization is <laughs> transformed. And then the employees believe that. They don't. Employees are like children. <laughs> they feel that the false yeah. note, right? right like right, in right, music, right. Well, it's not one, yeah, one kilometer, right? Yeah. And they yeah, see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your approach now with uh, altruism, mm -hmm. um, you're taking it through all the systems. You're taking mm -hmm. the people, the, the mm -hmm. organization, the supply chain. And so it's going to impact the entire society eventually. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be precise. Okay. We're not talking about altruism. Altruism is something that a human being does. Okay. okay. We, we, we had this concept of altruistic corporations that we defined very clearly is, is transforming your business processes to serve unconditionally, okay. uh, unconditionally your customers, suppliers, and local communities. Okay. 
and that's why we call this oxymoron altruistic corporations and from the word altruism from world latin word alter mm -hmm. it means the others the others right. so they put themselves in the service of the others instead of of their financial interests mm. or shareholder interests mm -hmm. right these interests are served but as a consequence right. not as a goal okay so so you're, you're building an, an ecosystem it's mm -hmm. a functional ecosystem mm -hmm. if if a corporation goes all the way through uh, I, I don't, maybe I'm, you, you'll say I'm very pedantic, right? But it's not me. I'm not <laughs> building anything. They, 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 they okay, if fine. they transform themselves. Yeah. Uh, and the ecosystem, that's a very, very important point, an interesting mm -hmm. point. The ecosystem exists, but is basically ignored. Okay. Uh, if you think that you're customer is basically the other side of the economic transaction mm. and all you seek from him is a return yeah all you care about is a return on your customer right right you wouldn't see them he, as a he, transaction he it's an economic transaction okay. right i mean i give you that you give me this okay but he knows that you don't care about him okay he knows that what you want is a return him so potentially it's an ecosystem but basically you build a wall between you okay and yeah. uh, the same is with supplier yeah the supplier quickly knows that you are not here to treat him well you just want to extract the maximum of value from mm. him at the minimal price mm. and and you you operate in some communities you build their plant or whatever a hypermarket you obviously want to get from them the best Mm. Uh, economic uh, advantages, you know, tax, maybe subsidies, and so on. So basically, right. use them right. instead of support them, right? right? Yeah. So, so what what you're describing is is a, a complete ecosystem mm -hmm. in an in an altruistic system, right? So the the this again, the ecosystem exists, uh, but it's ignored by most of the companies because what they're doing, they're basically building the walls around themselves. And uh, the first wall that they build mm. is with their customers, considering the customer is the other end of the economic transaction and all they're looking at is to get a return on the customer. Mm. Uh, and the customer understands that. Right. Uh, the suppliers is the same. All, all you try to get is to get extract value from them at the lowest cost. And uh, the communities, uh, you are looking about to use them through kind of good conditions, subsidies, taxes, and stuff like that, when you build their hypermarket or plant, and uh, you are not there to support them. Mm. And uh, so this ecosystem potentially exists, but yeah. it's uh, basically is cut off by a traditional corporation, while the altruistic corporation, again, alter the other, mm. they decide to put themselves in the service of these um, uh, economic counterparts, Obviously, it's not by making declarations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is not a political stance right, or right. political issue. Right. It's by transforming your business process. And when you transform your business processes, it means that all the people who are running these business processes, they are building this type of relationship with these counterparts. counterparts. Okay. So, so that's really the key. You're moving from transaction to relation. Exactly. So the, the, this is the... The, you pointed to one of the key ingredients of the altruistic corporation that doesn't see 
uh, it's uh, mm. the way it interacts right. with this, uh, this, this counterparts uh, as being economic transactions mm. by, but trying to build the authentic relationships. And uh, as we sometimes say, it's a little bit like with a friend, right? Yeah. If you invite a friend for, for a weekend to stay in your, you know, in your house, you don't say, you know, you're a friend, uh, as long as I get a return on you. <laughs> you don't say that, right? Uh, and, uh, and so basically they treat, uh, they treat, of course, remember that the first step, they treat the employees as they were friends, okay? Right. Right. But then these employees, try to build this type of relationship with all the <coughs> other counterparts as they were friends. Mm. And that's why they don't hesitate uh, to put uh, an extra effort or extra time uh, for the person, uh, for, the, for the person, it's interesting that they said it's Freud and sleep, right? Uh, for the customer, but they see right. in, 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 in him or her a person yeah. first yeah, yeah. And, and not as an economic counterpart. Right. right, right. Well, Isaac, you've been really generous with your time. Mm -hmm. um, you, well, you're describing it's a, a pleasure. world. It's a, you're describing a world that we should all move into and live mm -hmm. into, because this isn't something that could be put on a piece of paper and in roadmap. I put it on a piece of paper. <laughs> it's 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 uh, five hundred twenty-eight pages. Of, okay. Of, of so it's one big of piece of paper. It's okay. one big. It's a lot of paper. I, I think we all need to sit down and read that. A lot paper. of paper. I hope it's recycled because it's a lot of paper. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Okay. And before before we go, is there anything that you would like to close with? Well, I, I enjoyed very much our conversation, and uh, basically, I, I me, we personally, me and my co-author uh, uh, Laurent Marbache, we believe that uh, this basically philosophy of the altruistic yeah. corporation shows the way to reinvent the capitalistic firm and some people say to reinvent the capitalism and just in time thank you isaac if you enjoyed this episode of the ideas on stage podcast there are many more you might like so please subscribe leave us a review and tell us what you think you can find many more ideas on business communication at ideasonstage.com or by searching for Ideas on Stage on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.